Episode 12 of The Bernard Show. It's the last episode. Hope you enjoy. Bernard Show. Uh, today I got Anthony Saladino. How you doing, Ant? I'm doing great, man. Thanks doing for great. having me. Of course, of course. Now, um, we're on this retreat in Scottsville, so how are you liking it so far? Oh, it's been great, man. It's a beautiful day. I cannot believe the weather. I feel like we're back in the middle of summer. Right. Um, <laughs> gorgeous location. Uh, I feel like, man, overall, it's been, it's been great so far. Yeah, man. So, um, just you being a Christian and all of us being a Christian... Can you just introduce yourself to, to the show? Yeah, just, sure. Yeah. Sure. My name is Anthony Saladino. I'm 39 years old, uh, the director of Chi Alpha at Virginia Tech and Radford University. Nice. Uh, my wife and I have been uh, going on 12 years of marriage. We have four children, uh, Micah, who's a nine-year-old, uh, Ethan, six, Anna, who is four, and then I have a two-year-old uh, named Ava. So, yeah. We've been living in uh, Virginia for, I guess that's 15 years. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. Um, can you explain the journey that you took from, you know, you say you're not a non-Christian to, you know, finding God? Can you explain sure, that journey? Yeah, I'd love to. So, uh, I grew up going to, to, to church, uh, originally from New Jersey. My parents would take us there every Sunday. Right. Um, just, uh, yeah, so I think it was more of a religious thing, you know, didn't realize that uh, even in the midst of going to, to church and listening to the stories that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. Um, and so I always, all throughout middle school and high school, kind of stayed away from uh, drugs, alcohol, sex, that kind of stuff, just because I wanted to play college soccer. And I've been told from you know, probably since the time I was eight years old that if I wanted to pursue that, that I better stay away from those things. So just decided to, to stay away. So I was kind of seen as a really good kid <laughs> growing up. 
um, by teachers, by coaches, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, my senior year, um, got recruited and, and chose to go to a, a small school. Um, wanted to be a big fish in a little pond when it came to soccer, and uh, so I went to a school named, called William Patterson University up in New Jersey. And, I think I heard of it, William Patterson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, it's just a small school up in Wayne, New Jersey, and uh, man, I, I got to play soccer for them. Um, what position you play? Played. Uh, yeah. Sure, man. I played center mid. Um, we played a had an energy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We ran all day, man. So honestly, I wasn't ever fast, and so, uh, but I could run all day. And right. you know, the end of the game is when I started looking fast because everybody else was dying. So, but anyway, so yeah, so I got to got to play for them. It was awesome. Uh, however, you know, all those things that I stayed away from in order to attain the goal of playing college soccer, uh, everybody else on the team was doing it. Right. And so very quickly into my freshman year. Um, I got sucked into that lifestyle, the party and the hookup culture, things I never want to be doing. I found myself doing, and um, about my sophomore year, like the end of the season, sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, man, I, I just I wanted to change, but I couldn't. You know, I couldn't stop doing those things. Junior year, I had made a commitment to myself, like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to stop, so that at least during the season. You know, I can be the best I could be and failed, utterly failed. And uh, so going into my senior year, um, you know, again, remember, I'm, I'm going back to church every summer and, uh, and yet not living, like, the life. And so long story short, man, I, I decided to get baptized in water and thinking that perhaps maybe that would change me, you know. Um, but really, baptism is the public profession of something that's already been decided inside, right? And so allowing Jesus to come in and because he because that was not something I was actually doing, and obviously the water baptism, you know, didn't change my life, you know, because uh, I needed Jesus too. Were your, were your parents on you like, no. religiously? No. They weren't? No. So they, all this was just your decision? Yeah, and a lot of times my parents didn't know half of the half of the things that I did anyway so so they weren't on me because I was doing things they never wanted me to do mm-hmm. um, um, but yeah they never they never really even though you know as a kid I lived in their household you know I say they took me to church kicking and screaming but at the end of the day I don't know if I ever said like I don't want to go right. like what they what did they have made me I don't know, right. you know I don't know where where they were at with that so anyway so uh, yeah, man. So I, going into my senior year, I made a decision, sat the whole team down and said, hey, guys, let's give it up, man. No more drugs, no more alcohol. You know, let's give it up for two months. And uh, I guarantee you we'll win a national title because nobody else will do that. They all laughed at me, told me that's not why they're here. So I decided I'd lead by example. And as just like I, I couldn't do my sophomore year or my junior year, man. So that night we went out. The very night that I sat them down and challenged them, mm-hmm. we went out and I was supposed to be the designated driver. And we all had to take cabs home because I couldn't say no even for one night. So that was the night that I realized, man, I got a problem, man. I, uh, I was extremely disciplined as a, as a college student. Yeah. Um, and so when I realized there's, this is something that I, I did not have control over, um, I, I was like, man, I needed help. So I started crying out to God. And for two and a half months, man, I, I prayed the same prayer. God, if you're real, change my life. Right. And um, things just seemed to get worse. <laughs> I broke up with my girlfriend after three years. Wow. And, uh, and then we, 
it was tough, man. It was tough. And especially because we studied the same. Dang. We were in the same major, major, physical education and health, and so we had every class together. So I saw her every day, you know. And uh, so that was really tough, man. And and then the soccer team thought I was a free man, so they were like, come on, man, let's go, let's party, meet new girls. You know? And I was like, man, I need to get on with my life. In fact, one day I was sitting at the house, and they came home with this book called Student, National Students Exchange. And they threw it on my lap, and uh, I'm about a month into that prayer. Uh, so I broke up with my girlfriend, things were getting worse. And the guys came home with this book, and they said, come on, man, let's go to another university next semester. We'll meet new new girls, party up, it'll be awesome. And I grabbed the book, I threw it back at them, and I was like, man, I just need to get out of college and all my life. And they're like, whatever, you know. And that night, I went to bed, and I said, God, if you real change my life, and if I've got to go somewhere else to do that, I'll do it. And the next morning, I woke up, and that book was on a coffee table, and all the guys were still sleeping. So I opened it up, and for whatever reason that day, I opened the book up into the middle, like not first page, just just open up to the middle mm-hmm. and there's a map of the United States the page that I opened up, and there was different schools in every wow. state there and uh, the University of Montana was like jumping off the page at me so this is November like late later November mid-November to right before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and uh, I read the description and I think oh man I want to be there you know like uh, and so I call up that day mm-hmm. like that day got I think even before the guys woke up, I called up the, the program. I said, hey, I want to go to the University of Montana next year. The lady said, you're supposed to make this decision in September. Right. I was like, I can't, I can't really do anything. I said, oh, are you sure? She said, well, you know what? Give me, give me a day or two. I'll make some phone calls. She called me back two days later and said, hey, I got you into the University of Montana. And, uh, and so I was like, all right, man. Now I got to tell my parents, right? <laughs> and so, uh, man, I, I went out to the University of Montana the following semester and man, I met this girl in a class. She told me she was a, a Christian, and uh, I met her on a Friday, thinking she'd call me to take me to church on Saturday, you know, for Sunday morning. And she never, never called. So Tuesday, I get this phone call from her saying, "Hey, I'm going to go to church tomorrow night." And uh, I was like, "Tomorrow night? It's Wednesday night." It's Wednesday. Yeah. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, you should come with me." And I was like, "I guess so, man." And so she takes me to this church and. I should tell you that I prayed this prayer that no one else knew about. And it was kind of funny prayer because it was, God, if you're real, there's got to be cool people that love you. And so as I got out to Montana, I was praying this prayer plus the, God, if you're real, changing my life kind of thing. And so when I walk into this meeting, there's like a set of double doors and we walk in and the presence of God is so real, scares me to death. So I pull my hand back, you know, like I, I stop at the door, you know, and, uh, and she's, uh, she goes, come on, man, it's in here. And so, like, she, she saw me stop but and didn't know why because I didn't say anything. But, I, I mean, I was scared to death, you know. And she turns around, she grabs my hand, she pulls me into the worship, the worship room, though, or the sanctuary, I guess, if you would call it that. And the presence of God was even greater. Wow. And so I pulled my hand back. Wow. And I heard this voice and said, you know those cool people you're looking for? They're right there. And there's about 30 college students worshiping Jesus, you know, out of their seats at the altar already. And uh, jumping around and just, they look like they're having a blast. She turned around, she grabbed my hand again, and she pulled me up into the middle of these people worshiping Jesus. And I was on my face crying out to God, like in seconds, because I knew God was real. I felt his presence. I heard his voice. 
Um, I mean, there's no denying it at that point. No denying it. And, uh, and so I cried out to God to come and take my life. And every addiction that I struggled with in my life was broken off that day by the grace of God never to return. Amen. And uh, and that group was called Chi Alpha. And so, man, that was kind of like how the journey began, right. you know. And uh, it's been unbelievable. The following Jesus has not been easy. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, man, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's, it's yeah, just been most people think, you know, following Jesus is easy. Yeah. But if they don't know, like, the devil tries to test you every day. Yeah. So yeah. you got to, you know, watch what you do. So mm-hmm. I'm asking you, is there a motto you go by mm-hmm. every day to, like, because personally, like, you know, we all sin. But yeah. Yeah. we get driven away from God. So is there something that motivates you every morning, every afternoon that you just put on your mind? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, I don't. I would never say that I go by a model, but I think if there's one thing that reverse. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think if there's one thing that um, I'm challenged by, I guess more than um, that that drives me is is just man. I was created to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and and to love my neighbor as myself. And and so if that's what God is uh, calling me to do and and uh then i think man that's the thing that i want to i want to be and so um because i can only be the best husband and the best father uh that i can be by loving god with all of my heart with all my soul with all my strength i can only love my my neighbor when i when i love god well and and that he is permeating in and through my life uh, because in, in myself, I can't. I can't do it, you know. And, and so I think those are some things that, that really, I guess, help me um, in my faith is to, to realize I need him. Like, I can't do this without him. Um, this call to, to love him with all of my being, this call to love my neighbor as myself, um, to, look, to, to look like Jesus, you know, to be the fragrance of Christ, man, I, I need him. You know, I can't do this without him. And so I think the dependence, um, with God's help, I can be myself kind of a thing, you know? So, yeah. I mean, that's great. Uh, so how, like, how has God impacted your family ever since mm-hmm. you met your wife? Yeah. So my wife, I knew, I felt like God told me that was my wife the first day I saw her, which I know doesn't happen for everybody, it but I, <laughs> and, and it has Lucky been, guy. it has been, uh, obvious you know that man god had spoken and uh michelle i i don't i don't think i'd even be doing what i'm doing if i if i didn't marry my wife you know uh she's just incredible um in every way so and just blessed definitely married up my friend definitely married up and so uh she's been amazing uh i think that because god was so intricately involved in us coming together and just the way he orchestrated our relationship, um, we both love God with all of our being and, and desire to make him famous and, and to be the center of our relationship, the center of our home. And so a lot of our decisions that we make as a family are based off of that, you know? And so, um, I never saw my parents like, you know, in the Bible reading, worshiping, and we do that as a family. Um, we've made some hard decisions. We've decided to, to homeschool, um, not because we're scared to send our kids to public school, but because, man, we want to give our, our, our children the opportunity to grow up and hear the gospel and make the decision for themselves um, while they're close and while they're young. And um, we're 
we're planning on, uh, you know, helping our kids make the transition to public school, you know, in their high school years. Um, and some people ask us, why would you do that? And, well, because then they're still, they're still close enough to us to continue, continue to disciple and mentor through those difficult choices and challenges that the world brings to those children. So, um, so yeah, so those, those are some decisions that we're making. Um, obviously, you know, our bedtime looks probably different than other places, but our bedtime is, you know, we read a chapter of the Bible and we talk about it as a, as a family. Um, and, uh, all the kids understand like the concepts of the Bible. You know, it's funny because yeah, they're kids. So (laughs) no, they definitely don't. I think, uh, I kind of gear it more towards my older ones and the little ones just run around and, and they're there. Uh, but they're not really paying attention. Uh, but it's a part of who we are. And, and, and I think, you know, as parents, sometimes we can get so frustrated uh, if, if children aren't paying attention. Um, but I do think that the, the girls will one day start to be more drawn to what we're talking about. And, um, so we can't force. That's the beautiful thing about Christianity. They, they have to make their own decisions. You know, I can't make them Christian. Um, but uh, but definitely pray. We pray a lot. And I try to give my, my children opportunities to encounter God. And so not just to, to, to have a head knowledge of God, but also to experience and to know that, that God is real and alive. And, and so I bring my older son. I preach a lot on Sundays. And I'll bring my older son because he can sit through a service now. Um, <laughs> And not to worry about him. He's nine. nine yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so he gets to come see a lot of uh, a lot of services that I that I speak at, and and then he sees the people being prayed for and touched by God. So, so um, just you being a parent, uh, what, how would it feel if you, let's say your kids, let's say they grew up and they's like God was in my life so many times. What if they? like drew away from God how would you feel as a parent I mean I think it would be difficult I think that's the most difficult thing I mean obviously we love them and uh, and we'll always love them they're our children and they've been a gift from God to us and so I think what would be hard is to feel uh, you know when you really believe that Christ died for you and that you are going to spend eternity with him um, and for your children not to partake in that reality that one day when Christ comes back or calls us home to think that your children wouldn't be there right. and to know the alternative. I think that's what would be so hard. And that's, honestly, we're missionaries. And so because we're missionaries, and that's the same heartbeat for humanity. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I don't want anybody to experience uh, hell, you know. I don't want anybody to experience your children, hell, especially your children. Yeah. So I think, I think that would be really difficult, something we pray about obviously every night. I even pray in front of them and for them, God, that they would surrender their their heart to you. Now, my nine-year-old, when he was three years old, he and he'll he'll tell you today, you know, six years later, that uh, he gave his heart to Jesus in the car as a three-year-old. <laughs> he was he got in trouble, and uh, he he uh, he asked God to forgive him and to come into his life at, at three-year-old in the parking lot of the library. <laughs> Man, wow, smart kid. Uh, so yeah, so we'll see. You know. Um, He's, you know, obviously now that he's getting older and exposed to a lot of stuff, we've had many different conversations, and, um, and so I think that he is—he's extremely driven, young man, and uh, already. Um, you and your wife are great role models for your children. 
Yeah, four of them. Four of them. So, yeah. I think you guys are doing a great job. Oh man, thanks. Yeah. So, <laughs> you don't know as a parent. Up. As a parent, you don't always feel that way for sure. Yeah. So I uh, really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like when they grow up, they're gonna appreciate what their mm-hmm. parents did for them. You know, putting them in the church, praying, not forcing anything on them, but actually mm-hmm. telling them this is what you guys need to do yeah. in order to get saved and stuff like that's great. Thanks, man. So has God put anything on your heart before coming to this retreat? Like, yeah, absolutely, man. I um, my heart in coming to this retreat is I just I wanted to honor God uh, more than anything. Felt like, man, as I got the opportunity to come and be the speaker, I just wanted to honor God and then honor the uh, Richmond, Virginia, Chi Alpha staff. Um, my prayer was, God, I just what whatever it is. I don't. I should have probably asked them, but I said, Lord, whatever their heart is, whatever their prayer is for this retreat, God. Lord, let that happen. And so that was kind of what I felt like, man, if there's one thing that happens this weekend, I, my, my heart and my desire is that, um, yeah, God would be honored and glorified through everything that's said and everything that's done and that the staff would see everything that they've been asking for for their fellowship uh, to take place. Did you think that um, you speaking on Friday, on Friday night, did you think he was going to touch as many people as you did? that night um yeah no <laughs> I, I mean i i you know whenever you speak to a new community that you're not used to you just you you hope that god will move in yeah. that way and you pray that god will move in that way um uh, and sometimes for one of the reasons why i think saturday night at retreats are different than friday is because now the speaker has gained some trust um and people are more open to hear by saturday night and so the fact that Man, uh, the response was so incredible uh, on Friday night. I, uh, I even asked, you know, like, hey, is this is this normal? Or is everybody this receptive and, and responsive to the gospel? And so, uh, which you know, Jen was telling me, yeah, you know, definitely. And uh, and so, that's neat that the the culture of this Kyle is a very responsive culture. And so, uh, that makes a huge difference. You know, because so personally, I was touched. Oh, you speak, like your thing on Friday and uh, I, it was actually when you um, told everybody to pray mm. and I turned and I just saw everybody in despair like yeah. like something just hit him and I was like what? this yeah. guy is really powerful like, Whoa, he just man. touched everybody it's crazy oh man it was, it was, it was great yeah. I was honored to, to be a part of what God was doing there so, right. yeah that's all, I mean, that's all I got for you Anthony. is there anything you want to any last things you want to say on this show tell everybody any, oh man Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think we hear that, but we don't realize, like, man, he gave it all. Mm-hmm. He gave it all so that you could experience uh, freedom, that you can experience life. And, uh, man, just hope you don't take it for granted. Gosh. All right. Yeah. Thanks. God thank bless. You good, man. Yeah. Thank you. All right, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of the mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way the wicked leads to destruction.